Trigger warning, the Resilience Project provides an open space for people to share their personal experiences. Some content in this podcast may include topics that you may find difficult. The listener's discretion is advised. Hello, friends. Welcome to Radical Resilience, a weekly show where I, Blair Kaplan Venables, have inspirational conversations with people who have survived life's most challenging times. We all have the ability to be resilient and bounce forward from a difficult experience. And these conversations prove just that. Get ready to dive into these life-changing moments while strengthening your resilience muscle and getting raw and real. Welcome back to another episode of Radical Resilience. It's me, Blair Kaplan Venables, and I'm here with my sister, Alana Kaplan. Hey! Um, So if you haven't um, listened to us before, we are both very proud to be Jewish women. And I've always been very proud of it. I'm not quiet about it. And I think this conversation is really important because what's happening right now in the world to Jewish people, it scares me. It scares me. And we want to talk about anti-Semitism. So what is anti-Semitism? Anti-Semitism is hostility or prejudice against Jewish people. It is when you are racist towards 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 Jewish people. And I've personally had experiences that were intense. I've had, I guess, microaggressions. I've had minor things happen where I've had to correct people about their, um, you know, assumptions. But, um, you know, if you follow the news at all, <laughs> if you like have social media or turn the TV on um, or read any news, you may be aware that certain celebrities have spoken up and blatantly displayed anti-Semitism. Kanye West. You know what? Like, it's interesting. A lot. Okay. I used to love Kanye. I used to love Kanye. And I don't want to give him too much attention. So we're just going to briefly talk about him. But um, I used to love his music when he first came out. And Alana and I actually went to New York for a music festival, GovBall. Remember? Oh, yeah. It was like also like that. a mud apocalypse. And like there was mud up to our knees. And we were staying at this really fancy hotel covered in mud. It was funny. So anyways, we're at this music festival. And Kanye West came on super late. And I just, I remember thinking like, I just lost respect for him. Like, I just remember like something shifted for me and uh, yeah, I, as of late, he's been making comments on social media. He's been kicked off platforms, let back on, kicked off again. He's been going on different shows um, expressing, you know, his admiration for Hitler and he's made some threats. Alana, what do you have to say? Um, I think he's just like, horrific i think previously people were chalking a lot of what he said up to his mental health and people can have mental health issues and be in mental health crises without being offensive or racist or anti-semitic um and it's yeah it's just horrific and i think people have been pretty 
good at realizing that this is no longer just a mental health issue. This is like a morality anti-Semitic issue. And so, yeah, it's just really horrific to see it play out the way it is because yes, there are folks like us who used to be fans, but have stepped back like I've muted him on my Spotify so he doesn't even come up on any playlists anymore um but there's a lot of folks who follow him and believe him and that that's scary like I think I saw something on somewhere that he has more followers than there are Jewish people in the world whoa yeah, you made a really good point. So there's a lot of people who follow him, who believe everything he says. And what it does is it puts us Jewish people at risk. And, you know, it's interesting because, you know, if you're listening to this, um, I'm, ass- I'm assuming most of our listeners know what the Holocaust <laughs> is. I hope so. And if not, please go educate yourself. Um, we started learning about the Holocaust and World War II since we were little. And, you know, I have we don't have any specific family members who went through it. Our family members actually went through something else. Like we came to Canada because, you know, during the pogroms, we were in like Russia, Ukraine area. And like the people were trying to kill us and they burnt our farm. Like the typical thing, like how most people who are Jewish end up in Canada our family was in danger. So we have a lot of intergenerational trauma and our our family did not go through the Holocaust. Um, but we started learning about it from a young age. And I still to this day, like if I'm in a new house, I look for where I'll hide. If something happens, like I make sure the people around me will protect me. Like, is that normal? That's not normal to like, look for where you're going to hide. You know, like you you see Anne Frank, you read her book and they hid in like behind a, a bookshelf in an attic. I always look for where I'm going to hide. And like, I still do. And I'm almost 40. Well, 37. Um, but like, there are things that are very triggering and there is anti-Semitism. And then there's like a lack of awareness or education about Jewish people and there's a bit of a difference. And I know Lana and I were just talking about anti-Semitism before this call. And um, I think I want to share some experiences I've had. And then maybe we can mm-hmm. share some ways that you can support your Jewish friends. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, growing up, I like here and there, people would make comments, you know, oh, you look Jewish. <laughs> like, how do I look Jewish? Like, I'm from Russia. <laughs> you can't look Jewish. Like, there's there's no, like, look to being Jewish. That was a, That's always something that a lot of people will say to me. And I, I, I correct them. I'm like, how do you look Jewish? You don't look like a Christian or a Jehovah's Witness. <laughs> like, you know, mm. it's, um, so you can't, you can't look Jewish. I mean, unless you're dressed as an ultra-Orthodox, like, Jewish person, <laughs> right? Like, I would say, like, that's very, fairly obvious. But, um, yeah, I, I was in a situation right before the pandemic where um, I was working with someone who would make offensive comments. And we had a conversation about like why it was inappropriate to make these type of jokes and comments about Jewish people that were anti-Semitic. And he promised he wouldn't do it again. So I educated him and that was that. And he said he was never going to do it again. But lo and behold... We were talking about going on a trip to Germany and he did the Hail Hitler salute while looking at me in the eyes. 
And he, yeah, he said he meant it as a joke. It was offensive. Every cell in my body was offended. My blood was boiling. And I looked at him and I said, what are you doing? He's like, it was only a little one. I'm like, it's not even a little funny. I'm like, that's crazy. Like yesterday was internet. Like, I think it was Holocaust Memorial Day the day before. I'm like, that's not okay. And I've talked to you about it. And no one else in the room said anything or did anything about it. And so I walked away from that situation and my blood was boiling. And, you know, I'm very intuitive and I knew something wasn't right. So I talked to the person who wrote the checks, my client, and like, I don't want to go into too much detail because I don't, I am not in a position where I want to put their name on blast, but, um, I went to the person who writes the checks for both of us, like my, my client, and I shared her with her, my concerns. And she said to me, okay, like I will deal with it. We don't, you know, condone racism or anti-Semitism or a, a bullying in, you know, in our company. And so late, so she apparently talked to this person and um, that night, like the next day. So that night she and I had a conversation and she proceeded to tell me that she was, and just so you know, this person is not Jewish and this person uh, is American and he was living in Canada and proceeded to tell me that this person was not anti-Semitic. They were just stupid. And that real anti-Semitism is the KKK marching around and that this person has seen that before. And that this person is just a stupid boy who made a comment. And that I was blowing it out of proportion and that I should forgive him. So she gaslit me. She gaslit me. She tried to make me feel bad. Um, I immediately knew I had to walk away from that. I had to walk away from that. And I contacted lawyers and I contacted the, um, I contacted some other people, B'nai B'rith, Canada for advice. Cause I didn't, I've never navigated this. I asked my Baba, my grandma, who's in her late eighties. She said once someone made a comment when she was little about her being a Jewish girl and like whatever, but no one in my family had ever experienced anything like this to their face ever. And, um, you know, I could have reported them to the BC charter of human rights. I had a year to do that, but I didn't, I could have probably sued them but I didn't, but I chose to walk away. I walked away from that. And I still like, I, I still kind of have nightmares about those people. I like, they, I have this like reoccurring nightmare that I'm moving into this person's house <laughs> anyways. So, I mean, I've had that experience to my face and it was really intense and it was right before the pandemic and right after my husband had a heart attack so there was a lot of trauma going on in my life anyways. Can I ask you a question? Because I think lots of folks who experience anti-Semitism historically don't always speak up about it or don't always report it um, for various reasons. Maybe they don't feel like it's valid enough or whatnot. And, and I'm curious, and you don't have to answer this, of course, but I'm wondering... Was there a reason why you decided not to go with reporting it to the BC Charter of Human Rights? Yeah. Uh, at the time, my mental capacity was tapped. My husband, only a few months prior, almost died. We were going into a pandemic and I was having other like other issues were happening with this specific person. And I felt really drained and that I didn't have it in me. I didn't have mm -hmm. it in me. Yeah. So... um. 
I just made that decision for what was right for me at that time. And yeah, yeah. I mean, that's it's regardless of it happened, like happening and being reported or happening and calling it out. Like, I feel like speaking up was really important, especially because I was really com- connected in that community and the people who need to know what happened knew what happened. Completely. And I think that speaks a lot to how we're all feeling when we experience, whether it's a microaggression or something very overt, like being hailed at. Um, It's exhausting. It's really exhausting to be Jewish sometimes, especially when there's this rhetoric going around and um, often some folks I think are afraid to include anti-Semitism in their activism um yeah and I I think we should talk about that in a second because I want to share something on the other side of like that that spectrum yeah because I've also had people very close to me like friends family like non-Jewish family (laughs) um make comments, uh, you know, and their comments are, oh, you're successful because you're Jewish. It's like, no, I'm, I'm successful because I went to university and I worked really hard and I have ambition and drive and that I have a, like my best friends, most of them aren't Jewish and they're all very successful. So when, when people make comments about my career path and like everything I'm doing because I'm Jewish, or if I'm, I've had a couple clients over the years, like my business is almost 15 years, make comments when I'm negotiating prices. They're like, you negotiate because you're Jewish and you're good at it. And I will, and I call it out all the time in the moment. And I'll say that has nothing to do with it. (laughs) And that's an inappropriate comment. Um, When I shared with a friend that our dad used to be a diamond dealer and the response was, oh my God, yes, that makes so much sense because you're Jewish. So I use these opportunities as a time to educate. I know a lot of a lot of my, people in my life are not are making these comments, not even knowing they're a microaggression or that there's like a you know <laughs> undertone of anti-Semitism. But you know it's interesting because if I'm about to say something and I'm not sure, I'll Google it or I'll even message Alana because I don't want to offend anyone. But if I do offend someone, I would I would want the other person to correct me and educate me because I don't want to offend anyone or hurt anyone on, and especially on purpose, like I would never do it on purpose. So I think there's these two ends of the spectrum of like, holy fuck, where am I going to hide? Like, are they going to come and vandalize my house? Like, you know, Jewish cemeteries are getting like destroyed. Synagogues are getting swastikas. Jewish people are getting attacked around the world. And I, I remember, I think I just read this stat somewhere um, and I don't exactly remember it, but the level of the amount of anti-Semitism happening in the U.S., the majority is to Jewish people. Sorry, the amount of racism, racist attacks that are happening in the U.S., most of them are towards Jewish people. And I can't like remember that crimes. stat. Sorry, what? Hate crimes. Yeah. Do you want to speak to that? I, I, What's a I, hate I crime? think. What's a yeah, hate crime? I think I just, ex- I think I just read the same stat as you. Okay. Yeah. What's a hate crime? It's a crime against um, a group. Yeah. It's a crime against a group because of who they are. And yeah, like it's, it's really scary. So I, I think like, you know, first of all, if you're not Jewish, oh, Alana. Oh, so first of all, if you're not Jewish, 
I think what's really important is check in with your Jewish friends. Check in with your Jewish friends. You know, some of us get really triggered. Like me, because I've actually dealt with anti-Semitism to my face, literally to my face, um, I get really triggered when I see the news. Like when I see Kanye, you know, telling the world that he's going to go death con three or five or whatever on Jewish people and praising Hitler and what, you know, that stuff really triggers me because it puts me in danger. It puts my friends in danger because it all it takes is that one person who hears that to feel like that's marching orders, right? Like Kanye West has such a loyal following that if he says something, one of his followers may see that as uh, instructions to go ahead and do something harmful. And so every time someone does something anti-Semitic, it puts me in danger. It puts my neighbors in danger, my friends in danger, my family in danger, and all the Jewish people in danger. So first of all, if you see something on the news that's happening, whether it's like a local, some something happens locally, or it's national, international news like Kanye, check in with your Jewish friends. Just send them a message. Hey, how's it going? I saw what's going on in the news. That's something you can do. I also think, you know, if you're not sure how you can support the Jewish people, Alana, do you have any advice on and how people can support maybe on social media? Because you and I talk about this because when BLM happened, Black Lives Matter, everyone stepped up. Mm -hmm. A lot of people stepped up and all this stuff is happening with Kanye. And I'd say like a very small fraction of people. Yeah, I think it comes back to that earlier point I was making that people are afraid sometimes to include Judaism and anti-Semitism in their activism. And I think it becomes a bigger, I think it's a bigger conversation as to why, and it doesn't really, I mean, sure, of course it matters why, um, but all it takes is like, a message to someone being like, Hey, would this be supportive if I were to share this post? Um, mm -hmm. You don't like, of course, this is tricky because of course we want to be educating and whatnot. At the same time, it's exhausting. Just like it's exhausting for other folks who experience racism to have to explain why and have to share their story over and over again. It is exhausting. Um, but a reshare like on social media can go so far. Like it just shows the folks in your life who are Jewish that you hear them and you see what's happening and you disagree with it. So um, yeah, just include anti-Semitism in your activism. Right. And so just to reiterate what you just said, Alana, to the listeners, it could be as simple as you seeing someone who's Jewish or a Jewish organization or someone who, you know, is supportive of the Jewish community making a post, standing up against anti-Semitism and you sharing it to your story or to your feed, you know, or it can also be something where you see someone making an anti-Semitic comment, call them out on it. Let them know that that type of language is not acceptable. And that's something that I don't see a lot of people doing. I mean, I can't help it. <laughs> what you see is what you get with me. But, and it's not always a very comfortable place to be. But there's there's stuff you can do. And, you know, I really hope that 
someone out there listening to this episode feels inspired to check on their Jewish friends or share something to support us on their social media, because that one share that they do, that you do, might reach thousands of people. And then some of those people might make a share and beyond. It's like the butterfly effect. So, you know, there's lots of organizations out there. There's B'nai B'rith Canada. I actually don't know very many um, resources on anti-Semitism. I know there's some on the Holocaust. I think it's like the Simon Wiesenthal. I think it's based in Ontario. Um, There's also, I think it's fantastic. I went on it in high school. Um, They have it for Jewish folks and non-Jewish folks. Uh, The March of the Living, which is a trip that um, you spend a week in Poland um, with a survivor and a group of people learning about the history and the story and walking through those same the same yeah. camps and then you go to Israel for a week um so if you have not yet been on that trip and have the capacity to do so I know there's one going out I think end of April yeah this year. and you know there's things you can even do uh in North America um, a lot of major cities usually have some sort of museum or monument to honor um, the Holocaust or educate on the Holocaust and Jewish people. Um, I, in grade eight, I remember we went to Washington. There's a Holocaust mo- uh, museum there. And I've been to various memorials around North America. So just in your backyard, you could even maybe reach out to someone in the Jewish community. So type in like Jewish community or Jewish community center or Jewish museums in and put your city in and do some research. And if you know what, you're somewhere where there isn't that, you just can Google anti-Semitism resources or, you know, the internet has a plethora of information. And so I want to invite you to try and learn something. Maybe this conversation taught you something new. If you have a Kanye West tattoo, you can get it removed for free in the UK. Please go and mute him on Spotify. If you see anti-Semitism, feel free to call it out in whichever way you're comfortable doing and support the Jewish people, you know, support me and Alana, support our family and friends and your neighbors. And with that, do you have anything else you want to add, Sister Roni? <laughs> no, I think we've covered it all. Well, yeah, it's very, we haven't covered it all, but we've covered it. It's like short and to the point. Don't yeah. be an asshole. Don't be racist. Yeah. Don't be anti-Semitic. It's pretty cut and dry. And if you're about to say something, you're not sure if you should say it, don't say it. <laughs> And to our Jewish friends out there, you know, if you're experiencing anti-Semitism, know that you're not alone. And like, if you want to talk, please reach out to me. My address, my email address is Blair at BlairKaplan.ca. You can find me on social media. But if you want to talk about what happened to you, just to, you know, talk it through, um, I will lend my ear or eyes to you. And just know that, you know, resilience is a big part of being Jewish, (laughs) you know, his, our history shows and that we are resilient. You are resilient and we will all get through it together. So thank you for tuning in to another episode of Radical Resilience. We'll be back next week with more words in your ears. Thanks everyone. Bye. That's a wrap for another episode of Radical Resilience. 
Do you feel inspired by this episode? You can subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast player and connect with us to join the conversation at IamResilient.info. Remember, it's okay to not be okay. And you, my friend, are resilient. Radical Resilience is a podcast created by The Resilience Project.